Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday night SmackDown post-show for June 9th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. SmackDown tonight, man. SmackDown was, uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad tonight. Uh, it was a passable show. It wasn't the greatest show. It wasn't the most exciting show. You could definitely feel that when Roman is not there, the importance of the show kind of dips a little bit. But it was a semi-decent show that I thought WWE did a, a good job with as far as the Money in the Bank qualifiers and telling the story of Jay Uso throughout the show. I thought they did a very good job with that. Jay Uso opened the show with Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa, and they kind of threaded the storyline throughout the show tonight. You saw appearances by Sami Zayn trying to get into Jay Uso's ear and tell him exactly what's going on here. Then you got Jay Uso trying to basically come to his own conclusions, but 
at the same time being manipulated and kind of courted back into the bloodline by Paul Heyman. Heyman trying to manipulate Jay Uso to stand with his other brother, Solo Sokoa, and be the right hand of the tribal chief by basically giving him illusions of grandeur. I got you a United States Championship title match against Austin Theory tonight just to go and prove to everybody that you are the next in line to be the tribal chief when Roman steps down. Basically, that's what the entire premise of the show was, trying to lure Jey Uso back into the bloodline safety net. And that did not really go as planned for Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa, and Roman Reigns, who was not there this evening. We're going to get into all that, exactly what was said between Paul Heyman and Jey Uso, the little interaction between Jimmy and Jey Uso at the end of the show that WWE left you on a cliffhanger with. And we are going to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is WWE unveiling a new women's championship on Friday Night SmackDown. It is no longer the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. It is now the WWE Women's Championship. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But it was not without your Android appearance. Because as soon as a new championship is unveiled, Charlotte, like a fucking bloodhound, sniffing around, she senses it, she smells it, she's out there looking to take another championship away from somebody who is obviously and clearly more deserving than Charlotte. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about WWE unveiling this new championship and WWE tying up the illogical creative that they created with the Women's Tag Team Championships. We are indeed getting a unification match between Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Who? I don't know. How many appearances did they make on SmackDown? One and a vignette, right? Sure. Nobody gives a shit about Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. They were basically called up to be fed to Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. We're getting a unification match for the NXT and WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. I have geeks already on line. Oh, well, what does this mean for the NXT Women's Championships? I don't know. How about they were never fucking needed in the first place? You're asking me what the fuck's going to happen with the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Who cares? Who gives a shit? They're the most useless set of titles in the entire industry. What the fuck do they need them for? I'll tell you exactly what's going to go on. And I've been telling you for weeks, months, what they should have been doing. Now it looks like my creative, which I'm giving to WWE basically at no charge. Meanwhile, I I could get from where I am now to Stanford, Connecticut in about 25 minutes. I'll work for free as long as what I'm watching makes sense. I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do with the women's titles tonight. Because I've been saying it for years, if you've been paying attention. We're going to go over all that tonight, guys. I appreciate you being here on the show. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. 
I would love if you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We're looking at 1,600 right now. People still filing on in to the beer garden. We got 340 likes. That's unacceptable. I mean, I don't know about you guys, man. That's unacceptable. I'm going to need 1,000 likes minimum. Okay? No questions asked. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. The bell. All that good shit. Social media. You guys know the deal. Go check out all the other videos on the channel. Plenty going on. I got your news covered throughout the week. And coming up on this weekend, man. We got some major forbidden door stories to go over this weekend. So uh, your sub boxes will be JD filled. So make sure you guys go check that out on the YouTube side of things. It's on the homepage. Go and check all that stuff out. Super chats are open. Get them on in. I uh, I always appreciate your uh, generosity. It's never an obligation to donate here, but if you guys want to show your appreciation, it's always welcome. We'll hang out at the end of the show, and we'll have a good time at the uh, end of the show with our cold beverages, man. Last call. Memberships are open, as always. Get those memberships in. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. You guys get those sweet-looking emotes. Got a couple of uh, VIP members already getting to gold status. I already got some VIPs headed towards the title belt emote. A select few of you, and uh, actually one or two of you guys is nearing the ultimate VIP status, man. Wait till you see what the VIP status is for that. It's going to be great. So hit that join button down below and become a VIP member right here on... OTS tonight's show is sponsored by my unbelievable partner. Draft Kings is sponsoring the show tonight. And I'm going to kick it to my uh, alter ego. Draft Kings sponsoring tonight's show, man. I'll be right back after this word from my great friends over at Draft Kings. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank my sponsor for today's video, Draft Kings Sportsbook. UFC fans, this weekend in Canada, do not miss your favorite fighters battling it out in the cage. You can make your picks with my partner, DraftKings Sportsbook, this weekend. And for all new customers who sign up using promo code JD from NY, if you bet $5, DraftKings is going to give you $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code JD from NY. All new customers bet $5, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets instantly. In addition, stay in the action, guys, and use your $200 in bonus bets on DraftKings Same Fight Parlays for a shot at even bigger payouts. Combine multiple bets together from the same fight, including number of rounds and method of victory. The more bets you combine, the more you can win. DraftKings is the only place where you can bet same fight parlays. And if sports betting is not yet available in your state, do not worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy and have a chance to win cash prizes. And it really is all that simple, guys. Honestly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and all new customers who use promo code JD from NY bet $5 on any wager and instantly you're going to get $200 in bonus bets. Once again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, $5 on any wager, promo code JD from NY, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Thank you guys for the great support over on the DraftKings side of things. We got the NBA Finals still going on. Get your shit in with the NBA Finals, UFC, you guys name it, man. I want to thank DraftKings for always sponsoring the show right here on OTS. Let's get into SmackDown tonight, man. We started off hot with Jay Uso and what his decision would be. Is he in the bloodline or is he out of the bloodline? So the show opened up with a video recap of last week's main event segment. And we got the entire Roman Reigns being presented the new Universal Heavyweight Championship. Then we moved on to the Usos and Roman basically basically facilitating a removal of the Usos from the bloodline. Solo Sokoa gave Jimmy Uso the spike. Jay Uso was torn on what he needed to do there. And Roman says that Jay Uso, like he usually does, is going to fall in line. So we go to live action. Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman are in the ring. Heyman took the microphone, introduced himself. Crowd was very hot here for this opening segment. Before he said anything, Jay Uso came out. And he appeared on the stage, he gets into the ring, he circled the ring before getting into the ring, actually, and stared down Solo Sokoa, and Solo was staring him right back. Jay grabbed the microphone from ringside, and he was pacing in front of Solo. Crowd was very behind Jay here, chanting, Uso, Uso, to Jay. Jay said he let a lot of things slide. He told Solo... That stabbing your brother in the back is something you don't do. And oh my goodness, before we continue on any further. Oh my goodness, we got a $100 super chat from my guy here. We got a $100 bomb from James Marvel. First drinks on me, OTS crew. But what the fuck is Rhea's belt going to be? The Women's World Championship? Will it be a miniature version of the world title? Just doesn't make sense to have it be called the Women's Championship when Rhea is holding one. Much love and OTS for life. James Marvel. Thank you for your generosity, brother. Thank you for the $100 bomb. You are drinking the best that OTS has to offer. Make sure you guys give a round of applause for James. Thank you, brother. And I think you put it perfectly, man. You uh, basically stole the words out of my mouth before I even get to the segment. I'm uh, right there with you. I think that uh, everything you said is exactly how it's going to be. I'll uh, discuss that in just a little bit, man. Thank you so much. So Solo's out there. He says that stabbing your brother in the back is something you don't do, Jay said to Solo. Jay says he doesn't know if he can forgive Sokoa. Jay told Solo to say what he needed to say and then drop the microphone in front of both Solo and Paul Heyman. Heyman interjected and told Jay that he had everything all wrong. Heyman said it wasn't Solo's fault. It's not your fault. And it's not Roman's fault. Heyman says it's all Jimmy's fault because Jimmy made up Jay's mind for him. Jay started pacing back and forth. Heyman told Solo to step back because Solo wanted to attack right then and there. Heyman stepped up to Jay. 
He came in peace. He's not a threat. So he said he wasn't a physical threat to Jay and then asked if Jimmy asked him about kicking reins at Night of Champions. Heyman said that Jimmy made the decision for him because he's the older brother. Heyman said that Jimmy has always resented Jay because Jimmy knows that Reigns wants to groom Jay to be the next tribal chief. Heyman said that it's Jay's future and destiny. He says it was never going to be Jimmy, and Jimmy has known that the whole time and has resented Jay because of it. He says the fans are booing now because they don't know what the truth is. Heyman says he set up a match for Jay Uso to take on Austin Theory for the United States Championship, and it would be a match that sets Jay on the trajectory of being the next tribal chief. Oh, my goodness, man. We got another $100 bomb from my guy, Eric Newton. He says, going to keep the 100 bomb party going. I'm enjoying a Crown Royale vanilla. I love that, Eric. Awesome. And I would love to apologize for speaking. The Charlotte coming back for Asuka into existence. But given WWE's history, I am not surprised, says Eric Newton. Eric, I tweeted about 6 p.m. tonight that I would be taking bets to see if Charlotte shows up tonight. And that's exactly what it did. So you and I, brother, have both willed this unfortunate situation into existence. Thank you, brother. Thank you to James and Eric for the $100 Super Chats tonight. You guys are fucking awesome, as always, man. So Heyman wants to set Jay up on the trajectory to be the next tribal chief. He's basically manipulating Jay Uso with ideas, thoughts of grandeur here. Win the United States title. You'll be on the path to take Roman's spot when Roman steps down as the tribal chief. He wants to groom you as the next tribal chief. Heyman said if Jay is going to bring gold home to the bloodline as he will defeat Austin Theory for the United States Championship, this will be the way to do it. He said Reigns will groom Jay and someday when the time is right, Jay will be the tribal chief. Heyman says he needs Jay's answer though now. Heyman extended the mic to Jay Uso. Jay took the microphone, paused, thinks about it a little bit. Jay says he would take Heyman up on the United States title challenge with Austin Theory tonight for sure. Thanks, OG. Heyman then extends his hand to Jay to shake his hand. Jay looked skeptical. The crowd did not want him to shake Heyman's hand. The crowd chanted, no, no, no. Jay then says, after a little bit of a pause, you know, OG, I'll get back to you on that. He dropped the microphone in front of Paul Heyman, and he left the ring. This was a really good start to SmackDown. I love that they picked up right where they left off last week. They needed to start the show with Jimmy, uh, or not Jimmy, rather, but the, th- the the talk of Jimmy and what happened last week with Jay, with Solo, with Paul Heyman. And I did not expect a United States Championship match to be thrown in there for Jay Uso. So that was a nice little touch and a nice little a nice little caveat for Paul Heyman to continue the bribe to basically up the pot. For Jay Uso. 
hey, we're for you. Hey, we want you here. You know, hey, we're, we're going to groom you as the right hand man. Main event, Jey Uso. Here's your opportunity to show us. But all this is doing, all this is doing at the end of all this, and I'm sure you guys see it as well. This is basically what they did with Sami Zayn. They lured Sami Zayn into a comfortable spot, and then they had him go out there and do something he did not want to do. They gave him a spot in the bloodline. They made him feel like family, and then they turned everything around on him, and he had to show his allegiance. He had to be forced to show his loyalty to Roman Reigns and do it against his best friend. It's exactly what they're doing with Jey Uso. Like I said, man, these thoughts and this idea of grandeur. Tribal chief one day for Jey Uso. He's going to be the he's going to be the man on the island of relevance. He's going to be the head of the table. You're going to be the right hand man until that point comes. We're going to give you a United States championship match and all these things. We're going to groom you. We're going to get you ready for that spot. Nobody knows when that day is going to come. That day may never come. So what Paul Heyman is basically doing is what they did to Sami Zayn. They are manipulating him, forcing him to show his loyalty. It's either Reigns or Jimmy. But at the end of all this, and this is where I see it going, Jay is not going to stand with Roman. Jay is not going to stand with the bloodline. No matter what dissension there is at the end of this show between Jimmy and Jay, Jay is going to stand with Jimmy and Solo eventually is going to get another nasty part of the tribal chief. And Solo is going to come to his own realization that he's also been manipulated as well. And he will join his brothers. Like I said, man, I don't know how long they're going to continue this train with the bloodline. But the only way this ends, if this is truly it, is for Cody to get the title match at WrestleMania And unlike last time they wrestled, unlike WrestleMania 39, where it was Sammy and KO trying to help Cody win, it's going to be the Usos who help Cody win the title and take down the Tribal Chief. I know a lot of people are out there. Solo should take down Roman. Jimmy should take down Roman. Jay Uso should take down Roman. The story ends with Jay. Yes, it does, but Jay will not be the world champion. Jay is not a world championship caliber performer. He's not. I don't know why anybody thinks that. Solo, maybe. Solo could definitely be the next Paul Heyman guy, the next tribal chief. We could have a new bloodline with Solo leading the bloodline. But I don't think any of those things are right now. I don't. I think all of this ends with the Usos, and they will end Roman's reign because they all banded together, and that brotherhood, that loyalty to, to them, you know, the brothers, blood, is going to end Roman Reigns. It's exactly the way it's going to end. So I thought this was awesome. And the other thing is, you know, all of this started with Jay. All of this started with Jay from the very beginning. Reigns sees more in Jay Uso than he does in Jimmy. And they've started that way back in the beginning. And they've kind of told that story throughout the two and a half years. They left a nice trail for you to follow with Jay and him being how he was, Roman, to Jay Uso. And they've kind of strung you along here. 
that Roman sees a lot in Jay, more in Jay than he does Jimmy. And he sees Jay as main event Jay Uso. He's been given, Jay Uso's been given a little bit of a, of a leeway here. He's been given a little bit of uh, favoritism. Roman right now is harder on, on Jimmy than he is on Jay. He's allowing Jay to, to prove himself to be in the bloodline, which I don't think is going to be the case here, but he sees more in Jay than he does Jimmy. He cares about Jay the way it seems on screen more than he does Jimmy. And Heyman, you know, I don't know why anybody would believe Heyman's telling the truth. I mean, as soon as Heyman opened his mouth, I, I just get fucking, uh, you know, used car salesman trying to sell you a broken down piece of shit. I don't trust Heyman in anything he says because that's just the character that he plays. And I think that's a nice little caveat in the story for you guys to pay attention to. Roman's leniency, Roman's favoritism, more so to Jay than it is to Jimmy. So uh, it's obviously a nice touch with Heyman trying to bribe Jay and entice Jay. And obviously all this will probably end up being false. And like I said, illusions of grandeur. So it's good stuff here by all parties involved. And the Bloodline storyline continues to be the most important thing on WWE television, the most important thing on SmackDown. And without this on SmackDown, they are a sinking ship. They got nothing. They got nothing substantial storyline-wise on Friday night SmackDown. I don't even think they have anything substantial on Monday night. I mean, it's just very bare-bones story on Monday night. Friday and Monday are being basically carried by the bloodline. And you know WWE is going to milk this shit because they are over the moon about the ratings. WWE did like 2.6 million in the ratings last week, and the bloodline segment did like a 7 point or something, a 0.76 in the 18 to 49 demo. I mean, WWE, you know, Roman may never lose that fucking championship with those numbers. Clearly, he's a fucking draw. Clearly, and everybody's invested in the story. What happens when this is all over? What is WWE going to replace it with? They're going to try their damnedest to keep this thing going because of the ratings that it continues to generate. They're going to try and keep this thing going because of the numbers that it continues to generate on social media, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. It's tough. When you think it should end, WWE is going to continue stringing it along and you're going to get little things here one week, little things here the next week and the following week and the following week. And it may seem slow for some of you guys to finish up the story and get to the next chapter. But WWE is all about one thing, man, keeping that viewership up. That's what they want. They got contract negotiations coming up with Fox and NBC Universal coming up. They want those numbers, and they want to showcase those numbers big when that time comes. So you know this is not going to end any time soon. We all called it to end at SummerSlam. I think the ratings and the general, uh, the 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 whole uh, generating of how great this is, the numbers-wise on social media, WWE is definitely now going to string this shit to WrestleMania. I don't necessarily agree with that because I'm more for the story than the fucking number. I don't give a fuck about the numbers, but... That's just the way it's going to be for WWE, man. So something to keep an eye on for sure. We got Money in the Bank qualifiers. Santos Escobar. He went one-on-one in a Money in the Bank qualifier against WWE quote-unquote free agent Mustafa Ali. I thought this was great. 
I thought this was awesome. Before the match, LA Knight's music hit, and LA Knight sat on commentary, which was a pleasant surprise. He got a big reaction, did Mr. LA Knight. Match began with Ali and Escobar trading chops in the middle of the ring. Escobar had a big shoulder block. He went uh, back and forth with Ali early on the outside. They traded some more chops. Escobar hit Ahuron Karana as the two fought off the apron and took Ali to the floor. And Escobar landed a suicide dive through the ropes onto Ali on the outside. Looked excellent, that suicide dive. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Escobar then landed a high crossbody on Ali. On the outside, we go to commercial break. We come back from break, and they were on the top rope, jockeying for position. Ali flipped off the top turnbuckle to the outside. Escobar leapt off the top. Ali countered with a drop kick to the head. Back inside the ring, Ali went for a 450 splash. Escobar moved. He rolled through. Escobar then lands a poison rana, spiking Ali right on the top of his head for a good near fall there. Escobar then hit a double knee, Meteora. Ali kicked out, landed a Tornado DDT, did Ali for a go- uh, another good near fall. Ali then went to the top to end it, but Escobar cut him off, and they jocked for position for a little bit until Escobar hit a Avalanche Phantom Driver for the win, and that was Santos Escobar punching his ticket to money in the bank. Very good match. Very good match. L.A. Knight did not get involved. He was out there scouting the talent. That would be in the Money in the Bank ladder match alongside himself. And he did not get involved. So, Ali. Let's talk about Ali first before we get to Escobar, man. You know, I know Ali was drafted as a free agent for uh, WWE via the draft. He showed up on Monday Night Raw to challenge Gunther. For the Intercontinental Championship and Night of Champions, I thought that was a very good presentation for Ali. I thought that was a decent match for the time that they were given. I know we could expect more out of those two if they were given another uh, 10 or so minutes for the IC title. I, I think Ali would be a great contender for the Intercontinental Championship if they built him up correctly. And here we see Ali go from there to NXT... He wants to wrestle for the North American Championship. He wants to mix it up with guys like Ilya Dragunov and Tyler Bates and guys like that. Dragon Lee, Wesley, 
which is fine. I mean, I, I would put Ali in the ring with any one of those fucking guys, and I'm sure that they would manufacture a five-star classic. I, don't, I mean, I got no problem with that. But I'm trying to tell you guys that I think Ali is better suited for WWE's main roster. Now, the story was that NXT talent wanted to work with Ali. Fine. Fine. They wanted to work with Ali, but don't sit here and tell me that WWE's had plans for Ali to move to NXT this entire time. No, they didn't. They didn't have any fucking plans for Ali. WWE hasn't had plans for Ali for over three years now. What are you talking about plans for Ali? Ali's got no plans. That's why they drafted him as a free agent. Drafted as a free agent in the WWE draft means that WWE doesn't have substantial creative for you. They use you where they need you. I don't know why this is so difficult to grasp. You got people online putting shit behind a paywall. Oh, the plan was always for Ali to go to NX. No, it wasn't. That's what people are telling you so that they look good. Being drafted as a free agent means they got no fucking plan for you, period. Then he shows up tonight in a match against Escobar. I want to see Ali the way he was, the way he was portrayed, the way he was presented, going into his match with Gunther. He didn't do this silly positivity shit. He wasn't over the top with some lame gimmick. He was just Ali. He was just Mustafa Ali. The underdog babyface who's been treated unfairly in WWE. Tell that story. It's a long time coming for him. You let the guy work, he's going to get over. You let the guy speak, he's going to get over. WWE has not let him do that. Now, Escobar. I've talked about Escobar countless times. I love Santos Escobar. I think he's fucking great. He's awesome. I loved him in NXT. I love what he did with Legato in NXT. I, I love that they brought them to the main roster. I was worried about them on the main roster because it, it just felt like it wasn't clicking when they first got called up to the main roster. Their presentation was basically the same as it was in NXT, and they weren't really going anywhere. They paired Zelina Vega with Santos and Legato instead of Electra Lopez, who was the valet for Legato in NXT. And Zelina worked out great. It gave me flashbacks to what she did with Andrade. I thought she was a great compliment to the group. Then all of a sudden, we see Santos mix it up with Rey Mysterio and buddy, buddy Rey Mysterio. They trade lucha masks and... I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is great. This is exactly what Santos needs. You want him to be a big deal. And by making him an alliance with Rey Mysterio is going to make him a big deal by association. And that's exactly what they did. Then one thing leads to another. We get this LWO reunion. They redid the LWO with Legato and Rey Mysterio. And merchandise is flying off the shelf. People are buying. I see, I, I, I think last week I seen three LWO shirts in New York City alone on my way to the fucking gym. I mean, not everybody's a wrestling fan, but the fact that I'm seeing Latino World Order t-shirts on my way to the fucking gym, you know, three days a week, it's a big fucking deal. They're selling merchandise like hotcakes. Santos was fucking over when he beat Ali tonight. And that all has to do with the reformation of the LWO and his alliance with Rey Mysterio because people love Rey Mysterio. You know, when you think Triple H and what he probably brought to the table here for creative on the main roster, you're going to look at a couple of things. You're going to look at the reemergence of LA Knight. Unbelievable. I don't know how Vince McMahon wanted to keep him, keep him as Max Dupree. You got LA Knight and how over he is. 
You got Gunther and the meteoric rise of Gunther. Gunther is the best thing on WWE television when Roman Reigns is not there. Imperium is the best thing on television when Roman Reigns is not there. The up-and-coming fucking just... The, the whole thing about the tag team titles with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens chasing the tag team titles. That was great. We wouldn't have seen that if Vince was completely in charge. You got the Roman storyline. You got... Shit like Santos Escobar being joined with Rey Mysterio and reforming the LWO. That's got to be on the, the list. It's got to be top five Triple H creative decisions. I love it. This is what saved him. Otherwise, he was a sinking ship. He was not going to get over as a heel. Now this presents so much more of an opportunity for Santos to be a, a great babyface alongside Rey. And then they always have that fucking turn in the back pocket, man. Santos is going to be even bigger than he is when that inevitable fucking heel turn comes around. Because you know it's going to come somewhere in the future. And they're going to play up that shit and they're going to fucking just be taken to the next level. Honestly, I love it. Santos is so good, man. And I'm glad to see him land on the main roster and find the level of success that he's had. After the match, we got a backstage segment with Jay Uso. He was confronted by Sami Zayn. Now, this is the norm here, man. Sami Zayn is like the good angel speaking into Jay Uso's ear. Sami approached. He said that Jay had a big night and wanted to tell Jay something that he hadn't had the opportunity to tell him in the past. Zayn said the time they spent together in the bloodline was some of the best times of his life, in his career, he says. Saint said in another life, they would be doing it to this day still. He said that couldn't happen because of one man. Zayn said that when the tribal chief takes over inside Roman Reigns' head, the paranoia and manipulation sets in. Sammy said he did everything he could to keep the family first and keep things together. He says it was never enough, and he had to keep proving himself to the bloodline, to the family, to Roman. Sammy said that Jay is going through the same thing now. What did I just tell you? They're doing the same thing to Jay as they did to Sammy. He said he gets it. And if Jay wants to be the next tribal chief, he can be. He says he hopes Jay wins the United States title so the bloodline will see they need Jay more than Jay needs the bloodline. Sammy told him to remember what it means. He said, it would be no more Jimmy and no more Usos. Listen to what's in your heart. Jay looked at Sammy. He let out a big sigh and walked away. Didn't say anything to him. He's going to take it. He's going to sit on it. And he's going to apply it when necessary. I really like that they included Sammy in this. I like that WWE, like I said in the beginning, I like that WWE strung along a nice... Show long storyline. That's when those shows really kind of gel for WWE. A show long storyline. And they got a lot of moving parts in this bloodline story. And Sammy being in this was not only necessary, but it made a whole lot of sense because he has more history with the Usos uh, than anybody. So to see him here and to see this storyline play out with Sammy getting a role in this as Jay has to make the ultimate decision. It was right, and it made sense. Kayla Braxton. 
She was in the ring and she introduced the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. They made their entrance and Kayla was about to interview them. She didn't get a single fucking word out of her mouth and she was interrupted by Shayna Baszler and Ronda with Shayna Baszler. They make their way to the ring and Baszler's on the microphone for most of this. Thank God. Baszler says, so they want to call themselves the women's tag team champions. Baszler asked if they knew about the history of those titles. Baszler said she was the reason they were created and they should be hers. Rousey says she's crunched the numbers And they've gone through the division so fast, they're going to be hungry soon. That's a shoot, by the way. They're going to run through the division so fast that they're going to be hungry soon. Ronda already admitted to the New York Post that there's no depth in the women's division. It is painfully shallow, she says. And here she is on live television saying that she's going to run through the division so fast with Shayna that they're going to be hungry. Basically, Ronda's telling you that there are no teams in the division to keep their interest. Rousey said the division isn't big enough for the both of the teams and they want a match and they want the NXT women's tag team titles. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn taunted Ronda Rousey and Baszler and I don't know what they had Isla Dawn doing out there. She sounded absolutely cringe on the microphone and they accepted the challenge at the end of it. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire accepted the challenge. Baszler and Rousey tried to fight back, and Fire and Dawn attacked, but they sent Rousey to the outside. Fire hit uh, Fire and Dawn hit their finish on Baszler and dumped her out of the ring. Fire and Dawn posed in the ring, and this match is going to be set at a later date. When I don't know, but WWE has finally, finally fixed. The one glaring, one of many, but one glaring logic gap creatively on the women's division or in the women's division on the main roster. And that is why the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions were brought up in the first place. We got through six, was it seven weeks now? Seven weeks now where we have no answer to the question why the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions on the main roster. Why? Nobody was able to answer this question. WWE, I don't know if they listen to shows on YouTube. I don't know if they listen to somebody else. I don't know if they listen to me. I've been saying it since fucking the day the draft ended. Why did you bring the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions to the main roster? The only thing that would make sense 
is for there to be a unification match. Because what WWE did was they called, first of all, they called the NXT Women's Tag Team Champ. This is how stupid they are. Yet I got geeks online telling, oh, well, just a little, a, a little p- 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 patience, man. They called up Alba Fire and Isla Dawn in the draft. Casey Cottonzaro, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter challenged Isla Dawn and Alba Fire on the day of the draft for the following NXT episode that was set to air that week. I'm like, all right, we're going to get new tag team champions and Isla Dawn and Alba Fire are going to get called up to the main roster. Fine, the NXT tag team titles are going to stay on NXT. Then WWE ends up calling up Casey Cotanzaro and Katana, uh, the same fucking person, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. They end up calling up Katana Chance and Caden Carter up to the main roster. So I'm like, they just made a match for Tuesday for the tag team titles and then they end up calling both teams up to the main roster. So why the fuck did they make the tag team title match on that Tuesday's episode of NXT? I guess now the title match is not happening. So what are we going to do with the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions on the main roster? I got people telling me tonight, oh, you got to be patient. What a little patience would do for you, man. This is what the plan was all along. No, it wasn't. How the fuck do you have the balls to tell me that this was the plan all along? What the fuck were they waiting for? You mean to tell me that WWE waited two months, almost two months, to make a creative decision that I made fucking 14 different times already in the span of the last seven weeks? What was so difficult about making this decision seven weeks ago, six weeks ago, five weeks ago? What was so difficult? Boy, some of the elitists online, some of these geeks Online, they are so just WWE up the asshole all the time. Like the WWE could do no wrong. You're always trying to find ways where WWE does something and trying to find ways to make it make sense. They don't know what the fuck they're doing and nothing that they decided on here made any sense whatsoever. They called these women up without a fucking plan in place. How the fuck are you going to tell me that they called these women up because this was the plan all along? Do you want to know when this plan became the plan? This plan became the plan this week. That's when it became the plan. Because every single week, the creative department has to see fucking geeks like me on social media every week. Here's another week where we got no fucking conclusion as to why we got two sets of women's tag team titles on the main roster. This decision came this week. This was not the plan. It was never the plan. They were thinking about nothing. They did what they did because they did it and they wanted to do it because they wanted to do it. WWE never does anything without thinking. They, 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 do, everything, they do everything that they do without thinking about anything first. How is this going to make sense? Why is this necessary? Why is this happening? What if we do this? They don't map out a plan. They let it sit. They let it sit. They let it sit. The fans fucking complain. Then all of a sudden they come to the realization, well, maybe we didn't make sense seven weeks ago by calling these women up to the main roster. So now I got people asking me, well, what's going to happen with the NXT women's tag team titles? Who gives a shit? Do you genuinely give a shit about the women's tag team titles 
on NXT television. I don't really understand why they're necessary. They were never important whatsoever. They never should have been created. They only were created because women got to have everything the men have. We got to push the women's evolution narrative and we got to create more titles. You do realize that the more titles that are created, the less the titles on the roster mean. Why does everybody need a fucking title? If everybody has a title, how important is that title to that person? How important is that title to the WWE? It's not. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, they were carrying around championships. What the fuck were they doing with them? If they were the NXT Tag Team Champions... They should have been on NXT still defending those championships until they made a decision on the main roster. But they couldn't do that because let me fill you in on a fucking secret, guys. There is no tag team division on NXT. There is no tag team division on the main roster. This fucking illusion that there's a tag team division in WWE's women's division. I mean, you got to put this shit to bed. You got to put it to rest. Bury it and never see it again. There is no division. WWE will create a division because they don't want to admit failure. They will continue to string you along to make you think that there's a division, but they don't want to eat their own words or eat the fans' words and the criticisms of the fans and admit defeat. Vince will never admit defeat. If Vince, think about this, if Vince canceled the NXT and WWE women's tag team titles and just got rid of them completely, What would that mean for WWE? What would that mean for Vince McMahon? That would be WWE admitting that they were wrong. WWE will never admit that they're wrong. They will do everything in their power to show you that they are right. And then they will manipulate you and they'll use the outlets on social media. They'll use the journalists on social media to string along their narrative so that the dirt sheets and the paywalls and the saps and the Meltzers and the Alvarezes and the fucking Mike Johnsons and the Cassidy Haynes of the community will push their narrative so that they make WWE look right. Because WWE does not want to make themselves look bad or wrong in front of the fans. Am I close? This is why I'm so universally hated in the community. Because I say shit without any hesitation. I say shit that basically you're all watching, yet I'm the fucking bad guy. I call out the shit on television. And I tell you exactly how it is on television. And I get people mad at me for what I'm saying here. But you're watching it unfold and you do nothing about it. How am I the bad guy when I'm basically telling you what the fuck you're watching? Unbelievable. I'm the fucking bad guy. Because I open my mouth and I'm telling you guys exactly how it is and the truth comes out. I guess nobody wants the fucking truth, right? I gotta get fucking criticized because I don't like the women's tag team titles on the main roster the NXT Women's Tag Team titles, then fucking fix it. How you go and make something like that as far as a decision and then do nothing about it for seven weeks, I'm supposed to be okay with it? Patience, 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 patience. The geek online says, the troll online says, what patience? I've lost all my fucking patience with this creative team to a point where I give them zero benefit of the doubt. Zero. 
patience. What patience? This idea came about basically this week. Oh, we gotta, we gotta unify those titles, pal. Yes, thank you. Thank you for doing what I've been telling you to do for the last two months. Fucking ridiculous. So now we're going to get one set of tag team titles. And what is this going to do? What is this going to do? This does absolutely nothing. We got a unification match. There's still no division. There's still no competition. WWE still has these useless sets of titles on Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler thinking that they're going to do something with those titles and make them relevant. If Sasha couldn't do it, then Ronda and Shayna are not going to do it. Ronda's stock is as low as dirt right now in the WWE. This woman main evented WrestleMania four years ago. She main evented a seven-hour WrestleMania into the wee hours of the, of the next Monday morning, and she's now at the bottom of the barrel as far as WWE creative is concerned. Yet you all think Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are going to somehow save the women's tag team division. What division? There is no division. There was never any division. WWE wants you to make you think there's a division, but there's no division. It is not a division if there's two fucking teams in the division. Give me a fucking break. Ridiculous. What is this, baseball? Oh, there's five teams in the NL East. That's a division. This is wrestling. Now, what are we doing with the women's tag team title? Oh, well, NXT doesn't have women's tag team. I'm sorry. Who, who, why, why, do, why does NXT need women's tag team titles? So what's going to happen here is because Ronda went on a tirade and explain that there's no competition in the NXT and WWE women's divisions for tag teams, WWE's going to unify these titles, and the objective, which should have been the objective in the first place, is the main roster women's titles are now going to be universal, meaning they'll be defended on Raw, they'll be defended on SmackDown, and then they'll be defended on NXT. So, in an effort... For WWE to get those ratings up, you're going to see Ronda Rousey eventually on NXT. But my question is, who are we going to put in the ring with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler on Tuesday night when, get this folks, here's a spoiler for you, there is no tag team division on NXT. What exactly are they going to do there? Or maybe we don't get that happening and we get another championship on NXT that's created for the women, more so along the lines of a secondary title. Because they got a lot of women down there. They're going to need something to fight over, right? Not everybody's going to be world championship material. So WWE fixed the logic gap, and they finally, after seven weeks, have decided to make the decision to unify the title or titles Something that should have been done since the draft. Great. I'm glad they listen to shows like us to get them where they need to creatively. And if you don't think that they listen to YouTube shows, you may be the dumbest fucking mark in the entire community. Moving on. Bailey. She's out there with EO Sky against Meechin with AJ Styles. Money in the Bank qualifying match. You know, how important are these Money in the Bank qualifying matches if they go two minutes? 
Why do I care about Bailey and Meechin going? To, you, you might as well just put people in the money in the bank ladder match if we're going to get two minutes. Who gives a shit? Bailey attacked Meechin right at the bell, took her to the outside. Bailey then slammed Meechin's face on the announce table. Bailey, man, I left my ass off, man. Bailey was doing AJ Styles' fucking uh, entrance mannerisms because he was on commentary. I mean, I, I love Bailey, man. Bailey is so great. So they're back in the ring and. She taunted Styles. Meechin then goes and dives through the ropes and took out Bailey right in front of AJ. Meechin rolled Bailey back into the ring, covered for a near fall. She was on the offensive, was Meechin. She took Bailey down with a sloppy looking head scissor. She went to the apron and came through the ropes to deliver a DDT to Bailey. Meechin made another cover, gets a two count. She then landed a series of kicks, and Bailey tried to. Uh, Basically, regroup herself on the ring apron. The referee then checked on Bailey. She was faking a nose injury. So the referee went to go check on Bailey. Bailey then charged, playing possum at Meechin. And Meechin took her down with a big kick. Bailey went back to the apron. And Bailey grabbed Meechin's hair and pulled her face first into the turnbuckle, where she then picks her up and hits the rose plant for the one, two, three. And Bailey is going on to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. While all this was going on at the end of the match, Scarlett appeared by the announce desk at ringside. All of a sudden, she gets in AJ Styles' face and blows this red smoke in AJ's face, and he's blinded. All of a sudden, Karrion Cross comes from behind and gives him the cross jacket sleeper hold. And drags and tries to drag him into the crowd. So Cross and Scarlet were uh, in the crowd. They were posing as Meechin made the save on AJ Styles here. And it looks like we are getting AJ and Karrion Cross continuing on Friday Night SmackDown. The match itself with Bailey and Meechin was pretty predictable. I don't think anybody picked Meechin to go qualify over Bailey, but I did like the suddenness and I like the randomness of the Cross. Uh, attack on AJ Styles and Scarlett blowing the red smoke in AJ's face. I like that type of shit, man. You don't really expect that type of thing. I like when they kind of weave a match that has a particular character involved and, you know, somebody else in that storyline is out there, in this case, AJ Styles, and then we get Scarlett and Karrion Cross just coming out of nowhere and trying to, you know, do their shenanigans to AJ Styles. I liked what they did tonight, man. I thought this was a very well-calculated, well-orchestrated attack, logical attack, on AJ Styles, it was quick, it was sweet, it was to the point. Good stuff. Good stuff. And Cross and AJ had a very good match the last time they were there. And it looks like they are going to continue the feud. So there you go. Bianca Belair. She was backstage with Adam Pierce. Pierce says he knows Belair wants to get her hands on Asuka. But Pierce is presenting Asuka with a new championship tonight. And he needs it to go off without a problem. Pierce X Belair not to attack Oscar, please. Belair was not having it. Pierce said that if Belair is in line for a rematch, you're going to need to leave this alone. I'm going to give you a rematch, but you need to do me a favor and please leave her alone. Belair said, all right, since you did me a solid, I'm going to give you one back. Fine. Belair reiterated that she's going to get a rematch. She won't interfere. Thank you. It's basically it. 
Adam Pearce quieted Bianca Belair by giving her a title match at a later date. Great. Belair did not realize that there was a fucking android on the manufacturing line waiting to be processed and put on the store shelves. Charlotte. Hour two. Asuka is presented with a new women's championship. Adam Pearce was in the ring. He said he was, or he has the honor. He was in the ring and has the honor to unveil the new WWE Women's Championship. He introduced Asuka, who made her entrance with the Raw Women's title. So she's in the ring, and Pierce said it was his pleasure to present this new title. They went right at it. Pierce removed the little black cloth that was there on the podium And he unveiled the new title. Now, you're probably wondering, well, J.D., what does the new title look like? I don't have any pictures for you. Uh, If you guys want to go on social media, I retweeted the video of Asuka and Adam Pearce on my timeline. But basically, all this title is, is the Raw Women's Championship. Get this. It is the same title that Asuka currently has with the Raw Women's title. But the black of the diamonds on this new belt, as opposed to the white on the old, is a difference. And the backplate on the Raw women's title was red because of Raw. Raw is the red brand. This has a gold uh, backplate. So we got a gold backplate with black diamonds and a white strap. It's basically it. Still the big WWE logo belt that they hand out to everybody and want to be seen all over the place in PR meetings and appearances and on network television and talk shows and ESPN and all this other shit. They got the big WWE logo belt. It's basically the same fucking belt that they gave Roman Reigns last week, but it's got a white fucking strap. That's all it is. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Basically what it is. Now, I could sit here and tell you, yes, it's lazy. Yes, it's void of any fucking creativity and originality whatsoever. But I'm not surprised WWE is lazy and uncreative and has no fucking desire to be original. Their, their, their title belts are awful looking. It's just a matter of, of the situation. It's, it's terrible. I don't know who sits there and, and oh, yeah, it's a great looking title. The same fucking title that you had with the old title. It's just gold instead of red. God. That's a great title. It's the same fucking title she was holding. Now I got more questions than I do fucking answers here. Now we got the raw women's title gone. It's gone. Canceled. It is deleted. So Asuka is now the WWE Women's Champion. So now my question is, what what are we doing and how long is it for WWE to give us the conclusion of Rhea Ripley's title now? What does Rhea do with her title? Because Rhea right now has the SmackDown Women's Championship. Looks like WWE is going away from the branded 
or the brand-specific names for the title. So no more Raw women's title. No more Raw SmackDown women's title. I'm assuming they'll be doing the same thing with the WWE tag team titles, the Raw tag team titles, the SmackDown tag team titles. It looks like WWE is going back to just naming it World Heavyweight Championship or WWE Women's Championship. And Rhea Ripley's title, I'm assuming, is going to be canceled as well. And we're going to get Rhea as the world women's champion. I mean, I guess that's okay. We're moving away from the brand-specific titles here. No more blue, no more red. I'm assuming, being that WWE gave Asuka the same-looking title as Roman Reigns, because that's exactly what it is. It's, it's Roman Reigns' title, but white. I'm assuming WWE is going to recreate Rhea's title, get rid of the SmackDown title, and Rhea is actually going to get something that looks like a championship. It might be, Rhea might be getting, and this is just a a logical guess because of what we've seen so far, WWE may keep the big logo belts on SmackDown, and WWE may actually do something along the lines for Rhea like they did with Seth. Rhea's title may end up looking like a miniature version of what Seth Rollins has. The World Heavyweight Championship. And Rhea gets the World Women's Championship or the Women's World Championship. Well, SmackDown has the WWE Women's Championship. Like, there's no fucking difference, really. There's no difference. It's so fucking stupid. You got the World Heavyweight title. Fine. Seth Rollins holds the World Heavyweight title. Then you got the Universal Heavyweight title. Then you got the WWE title. At least there are three different world titles, right? Two of them look exactly the same. Seth Rollins holds the World Heavyweight title, which is nothing more than a reimaging or reimagining, I should say, a recreation of Big Gold. Fine. They all look different in their own way, slightly. But then you got WWE giving you a WWE Women's Championship. And then Rhea Ripley's probably going to get a women's world championship. What's the difference? Honestly, what's the difference in the name? Does anybody else have a problem with that? What's the difference? How is somebody going to discern with Rhea Ripley and Oscar? How are they going to how are they going to Find what the differences are. Oh, Rhea Ripley's the women's world champion and Asuka is the WWE women's champion. That doesn't really roll off the tongue in a smooth way. The WWE women's champion, the WWE world women's champion. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? I I don't understand why we're still doing two belts, one on this show, one on that show. What are we doing? This is the level of WWE's creativity. They can't even fucking make a a, a decent looking title so that it looks good on whoever's holding it. Now they got the women's world heavyweight champion and the WWE women's champion. Like, I, I don't know why we don't. This is only going to cause me to even double down, triple down, quadruple down on merging the fucking divisions. There's no need. There's no need for two women's championships. I I don't get it. I mean, how many fucking times do we have to see Bianca Belair in the title run? 
Charlotte Flair come back and get a title. Asuka is in the mix, but never really is the star of the division. Becky Lynch. Then we got Alexa Bliss going to come back when she has her baby. She's going to be thrusted right back into the top program on Monday Night Raw, where, wherever the fuck she's going to end up going. Then you got Trish Stratus on. Th- like, what are we doing? Rhea Ripley. WWE pushes the same women all the time. There's no new stars being created. What about Zoe Stark? Zoe Stark can't even get over with Trish Stratus by her side. I'm going to give Zoe Stark a fucking opportunity to become a star in the division. It's going to take months before we get there, potentially. But what is the need for two divisions when WWE pushes the same three women on one show and the same three women on the other show? What do we need two divisions for? Now we got two divisions with two titles that basically have the same fucking name. It's ridiculous. And I'm not complaining for the sake of complaining. It fucking sucks. It sucks. I can't figure out which title's which. The only reason I can figure out which is which is because they look different. How stupid. WWE Women's Champion. WWE Women's World Champion. Aren't they both world champions? But that's their creativity. That's their grand idea to separate the two titles and move away from the Raw and SmackDown branding for the title. Great. So Oscar's presented with this new title and Charlotte Flair, I tweeted at 6 p.m. Who wants to take a bet on Charlotte Flair interrupting Oscar's championship reveal? Championship celebration. She's out there and she androids herself out to the ring. She's got that new firmware update. What is this? Charlotte version 6.0. 6.09.2023. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte got a microphone. So I plug my ears up with my fingers because I can't stand to hear the bansheeing of Charlotte Flair on my television. Pierce asked Charlotte what she's doing. I have a good feeling about what you're doing, but I, I, I don't really want to hear what you have to say. Pierce says, uh, Charlotte, you're going to need to get in line. Wow. Adam Pierce may be the only individual on this program that has any sense of logic and common sense. He tells Charlotte exactly what she needs to be told. Honey, get back in line to the back of the line. Do you know what Charlotte Flair says? Do you know what Charlotte Flair says? She says, and I quote, I do not wait in line. It's exactly what she said. I don't wait in line. She made the line. She turned to Asuka and said that no one respects Asuka more than her. Really now? Really now? Well, you're out there. Uh, Charlotte, what do you respect? Because I know you don't respect the women's world championship, right? 
You don't respect that. You don't respect the women's division, right? Because every time you want to go on vacation, every time you want to fucking go on getaway with El Idolo, you seemingly come back and think that because you went to go pet dolphins with Andrade or you went on fucking safari adventure or you went to Iceland to go fucking sit in an igloo or look at the northern stars, the northern sky. Or you went to Australia to fucking pet a kangaroo. You went crocodile hunting in fucking Africa. You went great white shark hunting in Dover Shark Cage. What, what, what's the next vacation, Charlotte? So I can fucking pinpoint when you come back and ask for a fucking title shot. Give me a fucking break. Riding a gondola in Italy while drinking a cup of espresso. What's next? What's next, huh? I don't get it. Maybe you'll go to California, something, something very simple. Maybe you'll go to wine country in California. The fuck? WWE, Charlotte's more creative with her vacations than she is with her fucking creative on WWE television. Every single time she comes back, every single time there's a fucking championship, she sniffs it out like a fucking bloodhound and she's there, ready and waiting for a title shot. I don't get it. It's the same fucking thing over and over again. Now WWE's just playing into the fucking lunacy and the fucking unoriginality and the, the stupidness, the ridiculousness of it, they're playing into it now by having Charlotte go out in there and say, I don't need a line. I made the line. You don't need a line. There is no fucking line. Who else is there? That doesn't mean Charlotte's got to get a title shot. But somehow people think this is good television. Somehow people think in WWE, they think this is good television. Now, what are, what are we doing? Asuka, Asuka can't, she can't win. She can't win. Every single time, Asuka has something going on here. Charlotte's there, or Bianca's there, or Becky's there. Like, give Asuka a fucking title run where it doesn't involve these women. How stupid, how lame does it look for SmackDown to have Charlotte Flair gone since WrestleMania. This woman's been gone all of April, all of May, and then finally comes back two months later, two months later, after she had enough vacationing with Andrade. I want a title shot. I'm sorry, bitch. Maybe you should get to the back of the fucking line and beat some of the people on the roster, like a Lacey Evans or Natalia or a Shotzi or maybe a Bailey or maybe an EO. Why does Charlotte need a title match when there are women on that roster, like EO, like a Bailey, that she can get into a fucking program with? Who wants to see Charlotte versus Asuka as a program? You know what we want? We want to see Asuka versus EO as a fucking program. But this is what WWE does. WWE is going to milk this shit. WWE is going to milk this shit till kingdom come. What they're going to do is give Charlotte another token title reign. I see it already. They're going to give Charlotte another token title reign. They're going to have Bianca continue to lose and Bianca to be the one to take down the Charlotte reign of terror at WrestleMania. That's what they're building to. They're on the same brand. They're on the same show. And Charlotte and Bianca Belair is the next fucking pet project 
for WWE in their women's division, while everything else around them in the division suffers because WWE does nothing to enhance the women's division outside of the people that they want featured on television. So we got to sit through months and months and months of Charlotte chasing the title, winning the title, until they give Bianca a title match against Charlotte at WrestleMania because that hasn't happened yet. Tell me when I am telling lies. Tell me. This is WWE. You don't think I've been doing this shit long enough to know what they're going to do before they do it? I've called it every fucking time. It's exactly what they're doing. Now, if they want to turn Bianca Belair heel in between that, I'll take that. But do we see that being the case? Probably not. They'll never turn Bianca heel, even though she desperately needs one, a heel turn. But my God, man, it's like a fucking running gag at this point. They've done this. I'm running out of fingers to fucking count on. How many times they've done this with Charlotte? How do you sit there and accept that? Then you'll get the, oh, Charlotte's the greatest of all time. Charlotte's the greatest ever. She's not even the best wrestler on her fucking show. The fuck are you talking about? It's the best ever. It's the greatest of all time. She's, she's, she's number three on her own show. She's behind Asuka and Io. The fuck are you talking about best in WWE? She's not even the best on SmackDown. Unbelievable, man. The fucking dick writing that you do for this woman. She's not going to fuck you. She's not going to sleep with you. She don't even fucking acknowledge half of you. Who gives a shit? Sad. It's actually sad. Charlotte, a 17-time world champion. How many of those reigns do you remember, man? You know how many I remember? Zero. Why? Because Charlotte has done Absolutely nothing memorable in WWE. Nothing. I can't remember one feud. I can't remember one reign. I, I remember the match with Rhea because it was a fucking banger. I remember some of the matches with Sh- with uh, Sasha. I remember some of the matches with Becky. But don't don't sit here and tell me that Charlotte is the greatest ever and she's able to bypass everybody. When she breaks her father's imaginary fake record, Charlotte will be known for one thing and one thing only, being Ric Flair's daughter. There's no legacy that Charlotte Flair has in that women's division that will be remembered for anything. You are not going back on WWE Network on Peacock to go back and watch Charlotte Flair feuds, classic feuds. You're not. Yet this woman goes away and comes back, goes away and comes back. Goes away and comes back. She loses the title and then goes away like she's a fucking soul loser. And then comes back and wants the title again. And then they give it to her. Instead of doing Oscar and EO, we're going to get Oscar and Charlotte. Oscar and Charlotte, right before Money in the Bank, we'll probably get Oscar and Bianca at some point because Adam Pierce promised her a title match. Hopefully, EO wins the fucking title and wins the title at some point, And we could get these three ladies feuding without a championship. How about that? 
I dare WWE to book Charlotte in a fucking storyline that does not include a championship. I don't think it's fucking possible. I don't think they're capable of such creativity. I don't. Ridiculous. Moving on. They recapped the opening segment of the show with Paul Heyman and Jay Uso. After the video, Jay was in the back. Heyman appeared in the locker room. He said Jay got him with the cliffhanger. Heyman then asked for Jay's passport and suit measurements. Jay asked if they were going to a wedding. Heyman said, no, it's bigger than that. He said that Jay is going to fly on the private jet with Reigns, two money in the bank. Heyman said that Jay needs the suit for a triple celebration next week. Heyman said that Roman will be there. It's always a celebration. But there will be a public acknowledgement that Jay is going to be groomed by Roman Reigns. Jay said to count him in. Jay says he doesn't know why Heyman is so happy. Jay said, in closing, that if he's in the bloodline, then Heyman is out of the bloodline. Jay Uso was very, very good here. Loving Jay Uso and the way he is presented on television with the things that he says, the things that he does, and the body language by Jay Uso. He does not want Paul Heyman. In the bloodline. So, Jay, I kind of get a sense that he knows that Paul Heyman is a bullshit artist. And that Paul Heyman is basically lying to him. He got him a match tonight. He's going to take the match, but he doesn't trust him. He doesn't trust Paul Heyman. He doesn't. Adam Pearce was back on the phone. So the match between Oscar and Charlotte should be three weeks from tonight before Money in the Bank. Belair was there. He uh, looked at Belair and basically promised that he's going to take care of it, and she's still in line for a title shot. Belair says, you better take care of it. Trick Williams, he was out there. Who? Trick Williams from NXT. You guys don't watch NXT, right? Nobody does. Nobody gives a fuck about this version of NXT. And, And Carmelo Hayes. Everybody knows Carmelo Hayes, hopefully. They're out there in the crowd. They were introduced. And Michael Cole mentioned that if you win money in the bank, any champion on any brand can be cashed in on. I don't know why we include NXT in this. Why? Why do we include? Who Like, realistically, what, what is this narrative that someone is going to cash in on NXT? Like, who, who wants to be down there? Who wants that title? Logically, common sense-wise, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you're one of the men in that match that wins money in the bank, say if you're L.A. Knight, for example, why are you going to go back to a developmental system? Because that's exactly what it is. It's a developmental system. And be the developmental system's champion. Now, I'm going to challenge for the NXT title instead of going to Monday Night Raw and challenging Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Like, who would do that? You can have Carmelo Hayes. You can have Braun Breaker out there. You could line them all up from NXT. It doesn't matter. No one should want to win money in the bank and cash in on a fucking NXT title. You don't do that. You don't do that. 
I'm sorry. That would be that would be like me cashing in my money. I have a date, right, with one of two women. It's either Tony Storm or Lizzo. Which one am I going to choose? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You got to be out of your fucking mind. So stupid. Nobody calls this shit out. Butch. Let me at him. Let me at him, Scoob. That's Baron Corbin. Money in the Bank qualifying match. I mean, seriously, 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 who am I choosing? What am I choosing? Ridiculous, man. Butch and Baron Corbin, Money in the Bank qualifying match. Butch obviously was going to win this match. This match went three minutes. Three minutes. Um, What have they got Baron Corbin doing, really? What have they got Baron Corbin doing? I mean, Baron Corbin's coming out here. He, he, he's got the same... He's got the same happy Corbin theme music. He looks like he's ready to lounge at the house on the couch watching the NBA finals. He's out there. Maybe he's maybe he's going for the Denver Nuggets. I have no fucking idea. I don't know. Darren Corbin's out there looking like a creative jobber in WWE 2K. What the fuck do they have him wearing? Seriously. He looks ridiculous. There's no creativity. They've completely given up on Baron Corbin. Completely given up. Now, I will say this. I'm genuinely starting to feel bad for Baron Corbin. I am. I don't think Baron Corbin gives a shit. He'll go on Pat McAfee's show and say, oh, yeah, I'm having a good time. Good time. You're a fucking loser. You're getting called out by Chef Reacts on on TikTok. Baron Corbin's more entertaining on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok than he is on fucking WWE TV. Why don't we just take what Baron Corbin does on social media and apply it to him on television? He loves whiskey. He loves steak. He loves to cook. Why don't we just make Baron Corbin a fucking chef online? It's exactly what we, we, should do, we, we should be doing with Baron Corbin. Make him into a fucking culinary chef, man. Seriously. Have him go worldwide. Have him, have him fucking go on Food Network and throw down with Bobby Flay. Have him fucking throw down with Chef Irvine. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. He is absolutely dead in the water. Baron Corbin. It sucks. I, 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 not a bad wrestler. Not a bad wrestler, but what they're doing to him, man, it's, I, I'm genuinely starting to feel bad for him. But the thing is, and the reality of the situation is for Baron Corbin, there isn't much there to do. There isn't much, you know, as far as WWE are on where they want to take him. Even if they did go back to the lone wolf gimmick that everybody seemingly wants to see him go back to, 
give him his edge back, give him that intensity back. Even if they do it, what is it going to accomplish? He is so far gone. He is such a loser and has been treated like a loser. All the years of neglect. If WWE goes back and gives you a gimmick that worked then and might not work now, is anybody going to feel any differently about Baron Corbin? I know I'm not. I'd like to see him at least try, but the fans aren't going to take to Baron Corbin because there's been years of neglect and it's just too far gone at this point. You cannot change him into what you think he could be. They're at a point of no return. The way I see it, if there's budget cuts, Baron Corbin is on the chopping block, to be quite honest with you. There's nothing there. There's no return on investment there with Baron Corbin. They have expended everything they could into Baron Corbin. Nothing's going to work. Nothing. But if he's more entertaining online than he is on on WWE TV, maybe, maybe they need to do what he's doing online and bring it to television. Butch wins in three minutes. He spent way too much time talking shit to Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes in the crowd. Butch charged at Corbin. Corbin took him down with a big boot. He started to taunt Williams and Hayes. And because of this, he turned around. He went for a chokeslam, but Butch rolled him up and got the leverage pin on Baron Corbin. It's basically what they did here. Three minutes and Butch advances. So we got uh, a nice little field for uh, money in the bank. We got Ricochet in there. We got Shinsuke Nakamura in there. We got L.A. Knight in there. We got Butch in there. We got Santos Escobar in there. Now, out of those names, I am going with L.A. Knight. I mean, it looks like they're really setting it up to be a predictable money in the bank. But I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with L.A. Knight being a predictable money in the bank winner. Now, on Monday, we got a qualifying match, I believe, with Matt Riddle. I think he's in a qualifying match with somebody on Monday Night Raw. We've seen Damian Priest. Matt Riddle and Damian Priest and Money in the Bank. I could see Matt Riddle uh, losing that match because of Imperium. I could see Damian Priest going into Money in the Bank. So it looks like they're setting up Riddle and Gunther for an IC title feud. But even if Damian Priest gets in there, I- I'm still going with LA Knight. So we'll see what happens with uh, the men's money in the bank. But it certainly looks like they're setting up for an L.A. Knight victory, at least on the men's side. Another women's money in the bank qualifying match. Shotzi versus EO. This went three minutes. EO wins. She advances as she should. Shotzi hit a running senton on Sky in the corner. She rolled to the outside, did EO. Shotzi ran the ropes and hit a beautiful-looking suicide dive. It's literally the best thing that Shotzi does in her matches is that suicide dive. Very uh, Darby Allen-esque. Shotzi rolled Sky back into the ring and climbed to the top rope. Bailey distracted Shotzi, and Sky crotched Shotzi on the top. Shotzi then shoved Sky off the top rope. Bailey then shoved Shotzi off the top rope. Referee looked around very confused. Sky then climbed quickly to the top, hit the big moonsault, for the one, two, three. So EO advances. EO is in the money in the bank with Becky and Bailey and Zoe. So we got some money in the bank qualifiers here for the ladies. And EO is in there with Bailey. I wonder if WWE starts to really play into the fact that Bailey and EO are in the same match, and then maybe that separates EO and Bailey. 
from damage control. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I'm going with EO. I'm going with EO to win Money in the Bank for the women, man. Very, very, very predictable Money in the Bank matches tonight. They both went two or three minutes, or all three of them, except for uh, Santos and Ali. They got the most time. These other two, they went two, three minutes. Really no, really no importance for these Money in the Bank qualifiers. You might as well just fucking put people in there. Like, I appreciate the qualifying matches, but you got to do them right. How, how could it be important if it goes two minutes? Well, what are you going to do in two minutes? Ridiculous. Austin Theory. He was interviewed by Caleb Braxton. Theory said he was the last one to find out about this title match against Jey Uso tonight. So Reigns does whatever he wants, but Theory doesn't make excuses. Theory said even though he didn't have time to prepare, he's going to win anyway. He says he's going to send Jay back to the bloodline as the failure he is. Theory then said that if Heyman is looking for a new client after next week, he should check out Austin Theory live. Theory is always a decent promo. I just don't really give a shit about anything he has to say. Very, very lackluster United States title run. Nothing like Gunther is doing with the IC title. Sami Zayn was in the back. Kevin Owens was there. Zayn said he talked to Jay and they'll see what happens. Owen says they need to focus on the tag team titles. Pretty Deadly appeared. They told Zayn and Owens to focus on their looks. Pretty Deadly asked for a tag team title match. Funny how you've been here two weeks and you're asking for a tag team title match. Great. Then the Brawling Brutes appeared, followed by the OC, and then the Street Profits, and then the LWO. Adam Pearce appeared and asked what was going on. Owens freaked out and said they all showed up asking for title matches. Zayn yelled that they all want title matches. Pierce said the challenging teams would have a tag team gauntlet match next week on SmackDown, and the winner would get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Tag team gauntlet matches, or gauntlet matches in general, are done to death, and WWE usually does them when they don't have anything lined up for creative. It is a good chunk of time filler, and that's all it is. And none of these teams, none of these teams are going to beat Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. The OC are not going to win the tag team titles. LWO is not winning the tag team titles. The Street Profits, which we've seen them wrestle Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, not going to win the tag team titles. The Brawling Brutes are not going to win the tag team titles, and neither is Pretty Deadly. If I had to choose a winner here, I'd probably go with Pretty Deadly, even though I would probably prefer the Brutes. Going with Pretty Deadly to win the tag team uh, gauntlet match next week and get a tag team title match, and they will not beat Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Grayson Waller was advertised next week for another Grayson Waller effect with Charlotte Flair as his guest. Oh, great. Another week of Grayson Waller not wrestling on TV. Fantastic. Guy's been called up for now eight weeks and not one fucking match on SmackDown. What the fuck are they waiting for? Yet I got fucking paywalls telling me, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're taking their time with Grayson Waller. They called him up from NXT to not wrestle for two months. I understand taking your time, but two fucking months? What the fuck are you waiting for? Main event. Jay Uso and Austin Theory. United States Championship on the line here in the main event. Main event, Jay Uso. Back at it again. 
So this was pretty decent for the time that they were given. It went about uh, 10 minutes or so. And uh, you knew that there would be some sort of shenanigans. I said beforehand that Jay was not going to win the United States title and that Jimmy was going to get involved and that Solo may be the reason why Jay doesn't walk out with the United States Championship as he does what he did to Jimmy, to Jay, this week. So there was a lot of overbooking towards the end of this thing, but it actually played out pretty well. Theory started the match with a side headlock, and he took down Jay with a shoulder tackle. Uso came back with a clothesline. He clotheslined Theory over the top rope. Uso threw Theory across the commentary table, which is now becoming the norm in WWE. Theory was working over Uso with a headlock. Uso got back up to his feet, started throwing blows, right hands at Austin Theory. He went for a spear, but Theory countered, hitting a rolling drop kick for a two. Theory slammed Uso down for a two count. Theory set up for eight town down early, but Uso fought out, landed in Zaguri. Uso hit Theory, and Theory hit the referee, and we had ourselves a referee down. Uso went to the top. He hit the Uso splash. Crowd counted three, four, five, six. Uso should be the United States champion. Out of nowhere, Pretty Deadly, who now have aligned themselves with Austin Theory, came out to attack Jay. What a random pairing, huh? Such an oddball pairing. Pretty Deadly and Austin Theory. Doesn't make sense to me. They're two polar opposites. So Pretty Deadly came out to attack Jay. I don't even know why they're together, man. They were teamed up in a six-man tag last week, and now they're all of a sudden a fucking faction. Or a trio. So stupid. Jimmy ran in to take out Pretty Deadly. He super kicked both of them. Solo then ran in the ring and took out Jimmy with a uh, spike. Jimmy got up and went to kick Solo. He instead kicked Jay in the face inadvertently. Solo and Jimmy brawled to the outside. The referee woke up and off of Jimmy's super kick on Jay, Austin Theory made the cover and he made the one, two, three. After the match, Jimmy tried to talk to Jay in the ring and he tried to smooth things over. Clearly, that did not work. And he kind of shoved Jimmy away. And Jimmy was like, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. I was trying to help you, Oos. And Jimmy just ended up walking away from his, or Jay rather, ended up walking away from Jimmy. Jay rolled to the outside of the ring and there was Solo and Paul Heyman standing at the entrance of the ramp. He paused, he looked at Heyman, he looked at Solo. Heyman apologized for what happened. Jay looked at Jimmy in the ring and just walked off. And Heyman, at the end of the show, held up his phone and told Siri to call Roman Reigns. And that's the way SmackDown went off the air. Uh, Theory and Jay had a decent match. They did some pretty good work together. Um, It was basic up until the ending. The ending was really nice. Uh, Lots of story there to dive into. Uh, The crowd was clearly behind Jay Uso every step of the way. They're all hanging on to this Uso decision. Is Jay going to stay with Jimmy? Is Jay going to join the bloodline? And it it shows that Jay and Jimmy have major babyface written all over them here in this post-bloodline era on SmackDown. So Jimmy's appearance was definitely going to be there tonight. Solo, I assume, was going to get into the match. That both happened. And Jay has every reason now to be skeptical of Paul Heyman, Solo Sokoa. 
He's got to be skeptical now with Jimmy. That's the cliffhanger. Jay is now skeptical of Jimmy after everything that happened here tonight, everything that happened with Roman Reigns, their brothers. But it's easy to really see as a, as a fan that Jimmy would not want Jay to win the title tonight because that means Jay would have to be in the bloodline. If Jay won the United States Championship tonight, it would mean that Jay would be in the bloodline and he would be where Roman wants him to be. So that's another caveat of the story now. You know, Jay is going to look at Jimmy like, you know, what was Paul Heyman right? So th- there's a lot of twists and turns here. A lot of twists. You got Paul Heyman manipulating Jay Uso and trying to bribe Jay Uso back into the bloodline, got him a United States title match. If Jay won the United States Championship, and Jimmy saw this, that means Jay would have to be in the bloodline. Jimmy doesn't want Jay to be in the bloodline, so Jimmy is going to stop Jay. Theoretically, if you're Jay Uso, he's going to take that opportunity away from me. Maybe what Paul Heyman said about Jimmy, you know, making these decisions for me, maybe the OG was right. Because that, that that's exactly what Jay's thinking tonight. That's exactly what Jay's thinking tonight. You did what you did tonight because you didn't want me to be in the bloodline. You didn't want me to win the United States Championship. You don't trust me. So a little dissension there. These, these little twists and turns. I love it. But that's not Jimmy's motive. At the end of it all, that's not Jimmy's motive. Jimmy just wants Jay to see for himself what Roman is doing. He's done it to Sammy. He's done it to Jimmy. He's going to do it to Jay. He's going to do it to Solo. They're trying to convince him. that Jay's got to see it on his own. He's got to see it on his own. I thought this was okay for SmackDown tonight. I didn't think it was anything spectacular. I thought the in-ring action tonight was okay. We got a decent match with Theory and Jay Uso until the ending. It was very story-heavy at the end. We got a very good match with Mustafa Ali and Santos Escobar in the open. And everything in between. Two minutes there, three minutes there, Charlotte Flair here. I mean, you could bookend the show with a decent open a great first match, and a nice ending. But if I got to sit through an hour and 20 minutes of in-between of the show being nothing, kind of weak. Kind of weak, man. Anyway, I appreciate you guys joining me tonight on the podcast. Once again, I want to thank my partner, DraftKings, for sponsoring the show tonight. We're going to kick it to the DraftKings spot again. And then when we come back, man, we're going, to do, we're going to do the Super Chats and get into the Super Chats. So hang tight for another minute and a half. I'll be right back. And I want to thank you guys for helping me tonight on the show. Help out DraftKings sponsoring tonight's SmackDown Post Show right here on Off The Script. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank my sponsor for today's video, DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC fans, this weekend in Canada, do not miss your favorite fighters battling it out in the cage. You can make your picks with my partner, DraftKings Sportsbook, this weekend. And for all new customers who sign up using promo code JD from NY, if you bet $5, DraftKings is going to give you $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code JD from NY. All new customers bet $5, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets instantly. In addition, stay in the action, guys, and use your $200 in bonus bets on DraftKings Same Fight Parlays for a shot at even bigger payouts. Combine multiple bets together from the same fight, including number of rounds 
and method of victory. The more bets you combine, the more you can win. DraftKings is the only place where you can bet same fight parlays. And if sports betting is not yet available in your state, do not worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy and have a chance to win cash prizes. And it really is all that simple, guys. Honestly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and all new customers who use promo code JD from NY bet $5 on any wager and instantly you're going to get $200 in bonus bets. Once again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, $5 on any wager, promo code JD from NY, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys for joining me tonight, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys check out all the other videos on the channel. Plenty of it. More to come this weekend. All on the homepage. And please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. On today's SmackDown post, we got another 150 to go. I'd really appreciate it if you guys can get as close to 1,000 as possible. Let's get into the Super Chats. Man, we got a lot of Super Chats here by Peter Gaymore, man. I feel bad for Peter Gaymore. He's up in Canada. Peter, I'm going to read through all of these, brother. Thank you so much for all the Super Chat love, brother. I'm still alive here in Canada, JD. Omos came to rescue me from the fires. What a man. He even signed my Omos shrine. If Omos had an OnlyFans, would you subscribe, JD? No, I would not, Peter Gaymore. The Great Khali vs. Omos, my dream match. Promos would be bangers. But I don't think people are ready for it, to be honest. One day, Omos will be inducted just like Khali. Hashtag Hall of Fame. I got my Omos jammies on, and I'm ready for SmackDown. Omos should be a Paul Heyman guy. And can you tell me a bedtime story in the Omos voice? Uh, Peter Gaymore, I cannot do that. And uh, the most important thing, Peter Gaymore, is that you are alive, you are well, and hopefully those fires up there are dying down, brother. I need you to breathe. Peter Gaymore has an Omas fetish. That's what that means. Thank you, Peter. Uh, Barry. Barry McCockner. We got a 550 super chat from Barry McCockner. JD, my wife was offended by your last show. Needless to say, I kicked her out. This was a first-time Super Chat from Barry McCockner. Uh, Barry, what did I say on my last show that I offended your wife with? I'd love to know, Barry. Barry McCockner. His wife was offended by my last show, which would mean that was AEW Dynamite with Jesse. What did I say that was so offensive? Barry McCockner. Connie Lingus.
We got a 550 super chat from Connie Lingos. I'm here to say that you are now banned from my house. I need your mouth washed with soap, young man. Shame. It's a first time super chat from Connie Lingos. Thank you, Connie. Nobody's washing my fucking mouth out with soap, Connie. Bitch. Thank you, Connie, for the five finger. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Figures they wait till next week for Jay's decision. And what do you make of the rumor of Roman being in tag team matches to extend his title reign? Uh, I believe the rumor is true. I think we're going to get the Usos versus Solo and Roman at Money in the Bank. Now, you like that Connie Lingus one, huh? Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. JD, I bet you're happy the Mets lost seven games in a row. Of course I am. The Mets are nine and a half games out of first place, bro. Did Miami lose, man? What, what is with the Miami Marlins, bro? Hey, they lost today. Great. Tony Brown with a 499. I saw Sweet Booty Meat, JD. Of course you did. EO and Bailey were on the show. And show, so was Shotzi. Tell you, man, there's no booty meat better than AW booty meat. They got fucking grade A status over there, bro. Grade A. I don't know what's in the water down in Jacksonville. Fantasy Kid with 17 months. On my way to the golden microphone, Dark Horses Rule. You know it, brother. I'm hoping my guys down in South Jersey can hook me up with one, man. I've been on a list since October of last year. I'm telling you right now, man, if I get that Dark Horse, you guys are getting a vlog in the Dark Horse, no doubt about it. You may get a vlog for the entire process. Joseph Gonzalez with a 999. Charlotte with her secret 24-7 money in the bank clause alone devalues the women's money in the bank match. Fans can't stand her because she has been oversaturated in the title scene since day one. WWE never learns. Uh, Joseph, you make a lot of sense, brother. Charlotte comes back, and by doing nothing, Charlotte comes back, goes on vacation to pet some fucking kangaroos and goes to visit the pyramids in Egypt. Comes back after two months and gets a title shot. Meanwhile, you got six women trying to vie for a title shot at the women's title. Wow, man, that really makes the money in the bank contract seem a lot important, very much important, right? Makes it seem like a great deal. Nobody understands this. Levi Litova with a nine months in the venue. Thank you, Levi. Nearly a year. Let's go. Love your work, Jay. You've been watching since 2016-ish. Take care, bro. Thank you, Levi.
Gregory Benson, WWE, the land of the family dollar, Dollar Tree, Dollar General, and the 99-cent title belts. Yes. Tay-Tay, the savior with the 10 months. The android is back, and we are all doomed. Gregory Benson with 9.99 p.s. when the android made her unimpressive unimportant return i had no choice but to turn my television off i don't blame you gregory i don't blame you obscure blanco with the two dollar super chat i finally graduated jd how's your night going uh the gym was very very difficult today bro I did almost a three-hour session today. I'm fucking finished. But I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking, Blanco, and congratulations on graduating, brother. Spending time in the venue is the only way to do it. Jason Barker with a 10 months. 10 months ago, I decided to be VIP in this lovely speakeasy called the OTS venue. Here's to taking down the geeks and the IWC marks. I appreciate you, Jason. Uh, yes, we have a beer garden. We have the OTS venue, which is more like a dive bar, and a speakeasy in my mother's basement. I drink at all three establishments, man. I love a good speakeasy. I love a good speakeasy, man. Dressing up nice and going uh, going to the city and having, you know, little uh, peanuts and little cheeses and drinking my fucking $20 drink, right? Then we got the dive bar where I'll just order a nice... Dish of nachos and uh, some pretzels, some uh, pretzel nuggets with some spicy mustard and some beer cheese and have a fucking cold brew, right? And then we got uh, the beer garden where I'll drink out of a fucking German boot. I do it all. I do it all. Cameron Battle with a 9.99. Hey, JD, I think Vince has full say on new SmackDown championships because Roman is holding his title. Hunter has full say on the new Raw championship because of Seth Rollins is holding his title. Uh, you may not be wrong there, Cameron. But Vince is booking at a higher level. And he's not in the weeds, so to say, which we know is bullshit. But Vince is booking all major storylines. Judgment Day, Mike Harper with two $5 Super Chats. Vince needs to go. Sharbot demanding another useless title shot. And isn't she a babyface now? Also, a new belt for Asuka, which looks uncreative. I would have done this tag team title unification match at Money in the Bank. I think Alba Fire and Isla Dawn are Scottish. We got a huge pop from the UK crowd. Yes, I, I hope that's the case. I really do hope that's the case. That, that would be uh, very good for them. A good showcase for them. Uh, James Marvel and Eric Newton, thank you for the $100 bombs earlier, gentlemen. Appreciate you guys very much. Jose Perez with a 499. Hey, JD is the late Iron Sheik in your Mount Rushmore of heels. I have him and Piper. Keep up the good work, brother. Um, Iron Sheik was before my time, bro, but I always appreciated the type of villain he was. So he would not be in my Mount Rushmore. Chris Phoenix with the 10 months. I can see Heyman managing solo once Roman is beaten and the bloodline is gone for good. Absolutely. Paul Heyman, as long as Paul Heyman is doing this, he will always be aligned with somebody at the top. 
Justin with a 199. Storm vs. Blue for the championship this Wednesday. Yes. Actually surprised by that. I thought it was going to be Britt. Jason Barker with a $20 super chat. What's your opinion on Seth Rollins defending his championship in Madison Square Garden on July 7th on SmackDown? Might I add. Seems like the draft seems worthless when it comes to the World Heavyweight Championship. Jason, that might be a dark match, brother. If that is not a dark match, I'm going off. Might just be a dark match. Is July 7th a... uh, Let me check right now. Is July 7th... It is a Friday. Yeah, it may be be a dark match, Jason. I, I would not look too much into that. Uh, they, they did the same thing with Cody. Cody uh, announced his schedule for the upcoming month last week on Twitter, and SmackDown was listed there, and it ended up being him working a dark match with The Miz. So uh, I don't think that really is uh, anything to concern yourself with. Isaac, one, two, three with a 999. The women's title says undisputed on the belt, but it isn't called the undisputed title. Make it make sense. Either way, Rhea has another title, so why is Undisputed branded on the belt? I did not see that. I'd have to look at it a little bit closely. Or closer than I did. That would be fucking lame, though. So she's the Undisputed Champion, but we still have Rhea Ripley holding a championship on the other show. So how is she the Undisputed Champion? What is Rhea Ripley? Corey Williams with 10 months. SmackDown was okay for me, in my opinion. It was okay. It wasn't great by any means. Dom Wapo with a 199. I hope Cross and Styles have a good feud. I hope too. Karrion Cross needs it. Doughboy Games with two months. I knew once they showed the new championship and Charlotte's music hit. Yeah, JD about to rip this dumpster fire apart. Keep up the good work though. Thank you, brother. Eric Decker with a $5 Super Chat. WWE is so lazy with their title designs. They have no imagination at all. A five-year-old could create something better than that. Bro, we have people in the WWE creative community on 2K that make better fucking title designs than WWE's actual belt makers. The Cake with a $5 Super Chat. I was telling somebody on Twitter, WWE has the opportunity to do the funniest thing. They did it. I never laughed so hard about a title reveal ever. Shit sucks, bro. Yet there, there will be people out there that complain that I complain about everything on the show. I'm not here to please you. I'm here to get my shit in, whether you like it or not. You don't like it? Fuck off. You don't like it because I speak the truth and I call out what's on television? Fuck off. I don't know who you think you're dealing with. I've been doing this shit for too long. You should know what I do by now. Shut the fuck up. Not you, Cake, to the people online. Uh, Cake, thank you, brother. Uh, Tay-Tay with a 499. How many championships will Charlotte have at the end of her career? Just curious. About 21. B.W. Rosas with $2. Alex Shelley won the Impact World title tonight. Really? Alex Shelley? Why? Steve Macklin already lost the championship. The fuck is going on creatively over there, man? Jesse must be having a fucking stroke over there. Make it make sense. Cake with a $2 Super Jazz. Charlotte doing the shit people accuse Mercedes of. 
Bro, you cannot compare Charlotte to Mercedes. Mercedes blows her out of the water in every aspect. Every single aspect. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. How many times is Vince going to screw Oscar? I don't know. How many times is Vince going to screw the fans? Ryan Shepard with a $5 super chat. Why is there even a women's money in the bank match when Charlotte in the bank just lingers over everyone's shoulders? I have no fucking clue. No fucking clue, brother. Eric Decker with a $2 super chat. WWE next pay-per-view might as well be Charlotte in the bank. Fujins Henry with a 14 months. I'll take... And E.H. Taylor Whiskey Sour. And if Jesse can't make it, get him out. Now, Jesse's not in the venue tonight, uh, uh, Fujins, because he's too busy watching uh, Impact. <laughs> oh, man. He may be the only one after tonight. Frankie Rodriguez with a 499. Motor City Machine Guns won the TNA titles. You think they have a match at Forbidden Door? No. Mr. Orr with two $10 Super Chats. Shout out to Adam Pierce for being the only suit to tell Charlotte, Charlie Flair, to get in the line. LJ, best ever. With a 23 months in the venue, he says, I'll take Lizzo for the OTS family. LJ, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to step in, and uh, I'm not gonna have you walk down that dark, lonely alley all by yourself, brother. I'm sorry, I can't let you do that. I can't let you do that, bro. You're gonna have to leave Lizzo to uh, the to the uh, ocean where she belongs. Furious Nation with a 20 months. Thank you, brother. What's up, JD? I know it's felt like ages, but how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right, bro. Just been very busy with work and taking care of family lately, says Furious. Also, with two $10 Super Chats, in your opinion, what are your thoughts on both Money in the Banks having six participants this year? I like it. Better than eight. Better than ten. Six is perfect. In my opinion, I don't mind it, and I appreciate Triple H appreciating the old school. Eight people sounds a little too much. Yes. LA Knight's line to Michael Cole tonight, in my opinion, was hilarious. So happy Triple H got rid of Max Dupree and brought back LA Knight. Uh, Hologram, I don't give a fuck, bro. What, what are people going to do? What, what, who's going to say what? What are they going to say? What are you going to do to me? Huh? Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. Wasn't Butch supposed to name or get a name change? What happened to that? Uh, probably towards the end of the year, bro. I think that's still in the books for sure. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. Wasn't Butch... I just read that. Yes, at the end of the year, Hollywood guy. Thank you, bro. Uh, Nate, the head of Talent TV with a $5 super chat. Uh, JD, it's my birthday. Thank you for everything you do. 
Your podcast helps me a lot. I'll be at Forbidden Door and can't wait for those two matches. Nate, happy birthday, brother. The Cake with the $2 Super Chat. Congrats to Billy Kay on her pregnancy. Cheers, JD. Congratulations to Billy Kay. Sinister with the nine months. SmackDown was a 10 out of 10. Asuka's belt was good. Charlotte being back is great for the women's division. Charlotte versus Asuka, WrestleMania 40. Take my money. Hashtag LTB. Hashtag OTS for life. I think Sinister may be drunk. Sinister's got to be drunk. There's no way Sinister is serious. Furious Ninja with a $50 super chat. Unifying the women's tag team titles, I think, is the right move. Yet geeks on social media are sadly complaining. Like Jim Ross said, the more titles there are, the less value the previous titles feel. And thank you for burying uh, Tyler Sneed. Appreciate you, Furious. I don't know who's complaining about this. If you're complaining about the unification of the women's tag team titles, clearly you're a complete blithering idiot. There's no way you think that doesn't make sense. American rock star Patrick Palmer with the 10 months. Of course, Charbot comes back and gets another title run. R.I.P. Oscar's title run. Uh, I don't think it's that bad, bro. Not yet, anyway. New Bendy comic dubs with the $2 Super Chat. First Super Chat. Thank you, New Bendy. Let's bring back Maki Ito. Her singing is amazing. No. Uh, Sinister, I'm going to have to dump you. There's no way this was a 10 out of 10 show tonight, bro. There's no fucking way. MGM Bowling with a 999. Going to England in two weeks. Money in the bank is... Part of my trip, and I can't wait to be part of the London crowd, but wow, are they making it hard to care besides the Bloodline story. Would love LA Knight to win. I hope so, too. I hope so, too, man. Furious with another 10. Thank you, brother, tonight for the Super Chats. With the women's Money in the Bank this year, who do you think is the last female from Raw to qualify? I'm going with Raquel. Also, RIP to Don Sheik, and my condolences go out to his friends and family. I think you're probably right. Raquel probably gets in. David Mercia with a 999. Hey, JD, big fan. Do you see any talent from AEW or WWE jump ship anytime soon? And which talent? Also, do you think the bad booking is affecting Triple H's reputation as a booker? Absolutely. I absolutely do. I already see it online. You got blithering fucking half-witted geeks thinking that Triple H is booking all of this show without without any outside interference. And I see nobody jumping ship yet. Uh, there will be jumping ships between talents. Uh, but Tony Khan's not letting anybody go because of uh, the inclusion now of Collision. And Masen Howell. I completely butchered your name. Mahesen. Masen Hollowell. With a 999. Can't wait for Jay Uso to turn on Roman Reigns. The pop he will get will be amazing. This entire storyline is about Jay Uso and it goes all the way back to the Thunderdome. 
It does. But Jey Uso is not winning the title. Jey will cost Roman with championship, but he will not be the champion. Guys, I'm about to get the hell out of here, man. I am exhausted. I want to play a little Destiny before I go to bed, and uh, we will be right back at it on Saturday with some extras, man. Appreciate you guys joining me tonight. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Go check out DraftKings. Would really appreciate you do that. Continue to hit that thumbs up. We got some great shit coming up this weekend. Great shit starting next week as well. And I will see you guys right back here on YouTube with more Off The Scripts. Until then, guys, have a great night. And I will see you all Saturday afternoon with Extra right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.